History of Armenia podcast series. Episode 11. We ended the last episode with the discussion of the first division of Armenia between Rome and Sassanid Persia. In this episode, we will talk about the situation in Armenia during the first half of the 5th century. The history of this period is generally preserved in the works of Ghazar Parpetsi, Pavstos Buzand, and later in the works of Movses Horinatsi. Armenia, in the beginning of the 5th century, existed in a complicated arrangement of being divided between Rome and Sassanid Persia. Rome, in its turn, was divided into the Western and Eastern empires. Armenia had traditionally dealt with the Eastern Greek-speaking half of the Roman Empire, which from now on would be known as the Byzantine Empire. This explains why in old Armenian manuscripts the Roman Empire is referred to as the Hunats Ashkar, literally meaning the Greek world. At the beginning of the century, in the Eastern Roman Empire, Arcadius ruled as an emperor, while Bahram IV was still on the Sassanid throne in Persia. Meanwhile in Armenia, Varamshapu was the Arsacid king. Even though Armenia was divided, according to Khorenazi, Varamshapu was a king over both halves of Armenia, and he paid taxes to Bahram IV in the east and to Arcadius in the west. Bahram IV died in 399, and his son Yazdegerd, or Hasgerd I, became king and would reign for the next two decades. Arcadius was in good terms with Haskert and the Sassanids, to a point that in his deathbed he asked Haskert to be the guardian and the caretaker of his infant son and the future emperor Theodosius. Due to this peace with the Romans, there was an easing of attitudes towards the Christians within Persia, which led to the recognition of the Assyrian church. Next, they tried to bring the Armenian church under the control of the Assyrian church. However, Sahak Partev was able to maintain the independence of the Armenian Holy See. At that time, in 408, Arcadius died, and his son became the Eastern Roman Emperor as Theodosius II. He was in friendly terms with Armenia. However, he did not trust Vramshapu with the rule over the Western Armenian provinces. So from that point on, Ramshapu just ruled over the eastern, Persian half of Armenia. Due to the division of Armenia, another major problem was making itself visible. The church was having a difficult time establishing a uniform liturgical tradition. In the western provinces of Armenia that were annexed by the Eastern Roman Empire, the language was Greek, while in the eastern, Persian Armenia, the language was Assyrian. Both languages were largely not understandable by the Armenian population, which used Armenian for communication. However, the Armenian lacked an alphabet, so it could not be effectively used in a church and state communications. Catholicus Sahak and his advisor Mesrop saw the urgency to create such an alphabet. During a trip to the Armenian Mesopotamia, King Vramshapu was informed that a certain monk named Daniel had preserved the old Armenian written tradition. Upon his return to Armenia, Ramshapu informed Catholicos Sahag about the find. Sahag then ordered Mesrop to organize an expedition that would go around the learning centers of the ancient world 
in order to either rediscover the old written form of Armenian or come up with a new alphabet that would be practical and useful with the Armenian language. Around 405-406, after extensively traveling through the major libraries of the day, Mesrop came up with an alphabet composed of 36 letters that was compatible with the demands of the Armenian language. Mesrop assembled a group of students, including later historiographers Movses Khorenatsi, Yeznik Korbatsi, and Koryun, who traveled with him and undertook the difficult task of translations. They started translating biblical and liturgical texts in order to establish Armenian as a universal language for the services of the Armenian church. Upon their return to Armenia, Mesrop and his students were greeted by King Ramshapuh and Catholicus Sahak, who mandated them to establish schools and teach the new written tradition to students. One of the first schools was established in Amaras, in Artsakh. The difficult task of translations and establishment of schools was carried out by Mesrop and his pupils up until his death in 440. According to the story, when Mesrop died, the noble houses of Armenia competed amongst themselves over who would have the honor of burying the saint in their lands. Amatuni family, who traditionally held the office of Hazarapet, or the tax collector for the Sassanids, won the honor and buried Saint Mesrop in Oshakan. Amatunis also built a chapel, then a church on his gravesite, which still is a major site of pilgrimage for Armenians from all over the world. The history of the establishment of the Armenian written tradition is kept in Koryun's monumental work, The Deeds of Mesrop Mashtots. This is regarded as the first historical work written with the new Armenian alphabet. The manuscript was commissioned by Catholicus Sahak's successor, Hofsep. In 417, King Vramshapu died, leaving Artashes as his heir. Since the prince was too young to rule as king, Catholicus Sahak, who enjoyed the respect of all the noble houses as a revered leader, temporarily took on the king's responsibilities. Sahak went to the Sassanid capital Tisbon and negotiated with Haskert I to secure the release of Ramshapu's brother, former king Khosrov IV, who had been in exile since 389. Haskert was convinced and Khosrov was allowed to return to Armenia and assume the throne. Unfortunately, only after barely a year of being on the throne, Khosrov died. Following Khosrov's death, Haskert did not want to appoint another Arsacid king on the Armenian throne, so he sent his own son Shapu to assume the Armenian throne. However, this too was not meant to last. First, the Armenian nobles did not pledge their support for the appointed king, who in Armenian sources is mentioned as Shapu Parsik, or Shapu the Persian, in order to distinguish him from the Arsacids. Then in 419, Haskert died as a result of an assassination plot organized by the nobles. So, Shapu left Armenia in the hands of a viceroy and hurried to Tisbon to capture the throne. During the struggle for the throne, Shapu himself was killed. In Armenia, led by Nerses Chichiraketsi, the nobles rose in protest against the forces left behind by Shapu and drove them out. 
The revolt continued for the next three years, during which the Armenian noble families were ruling the country. Things changed even more when in 421 a war broke out between the Romans and the Sassanids. Before that though, the war of succession in Persia had ended with Hasgert's son Bahram capturing the throne and being crowned as King Bahram V. At the end of his reign, Hasgert had changed his tolerance toward Christians since they had started to convert Zoroastrians inside of his empire and he had started to persecute them. Bahram had vowed to continue his father's policy. Meanwhile, on the Roman side, Theodosius had fallen under religious influences and was adamant about defending the Christians. The fugitives arriving to the Roman territories from Persia and telling stories of persecution strained relations even further and Theodosius broke the ties with the Sassanids and declared war. During the war, the Romans supported the revolt of the Armenian Nakharars, hoping that it would weaken the Persian forces. The war went on for a full year with no definitive victory and finally ended in 422 with a 50-year peace treaty signed between the two empires, recognizing the religious freedoms and restoring the borders to the pre-war conditions. After the peace, the Armenian nobles or the Nakharars, who had ruled Armenia since Shapu's departure, asked Bahram V to appoint an Armenian king from the Arsacid house to rule Armenia. Bahram put Varam Shapu's son Artashes, who was already old enough to rule. As king, Artashes assumed the name Artashes Artashir. Sahak was still the Catholicus and kept serving as a sort of a guardian for the young king. However, the Nakharars found it difficult to pledge their support and respect to the new king. This led to deep divisions between the noble houses and the king. During the fifth year of his rule, the Nakharars secretly requested from Bahram to depose Artashes, which he did, and by that ended the 400 years of Arsacid rule in Armenia. Armenia was incorporated as one of the satrapies or the provinces of the Sassanid Empire, ruled by a Persian governor or a Marsban. In conclusion, we wanted to reflect a little bit on the year 428. The year has a major significance in the Armenian narrative and has been reiterated as a turning point in many later discussions. In 428, with the deposition of Artashes Artashir, Armenia as a state disappeared from the map for four centuries until the Bagratunis restored the Armenian throne in the 9th century. We always view that moment in our history as an instance of being defeated by the Persians, but seldom do we discuss the fact that it was the Armenian nobles who asked the Persian king to depose the Arsacids because they wanted the rule for themselves. As we wander deeper in the pages of the complicated Armenian history, we will see this behavior repeating itself as the Armenian nobles will look outside and even sell their own state for the immediate benefits. In the next episode, we will talk more about the noble Nakharar families, we'll break down the structure of Armenia in the Marsban period following the end of Arsacid rule and the new struggle against the Sassanids, culminating in the Battle of Avaraj.